Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Dublin has a new Lord Mayor. Caroline Connery is a Green Party councillor from Ballymun. Caroline, good afternoon and congratulations. Hiya, thanks very much. Yeah, so when do you, when do you actually start your job? Started last night. Right, okay. And <laughs> and is, have you, like, does that mean you move into the mansion house immediately? Or, uh, or? No, no, there's a couple of weeks of changeover and um, they give time for the last Lord Mayor to move out. Right. To get ready. Okay, yeah. there'll be a yeah. bit of a polite buffer <laughs> yeah. there. Uh, kind of. What does a Lord Mayor do? Or what does the Lord Mayor of Dublin specifically do? Um, there's a lot of um, events you have to attend and um, there's meetings. To, um, I chair the City Council meeting. Also, we're in the middle of our development plan. So I chair them. I chair the protocol meeting. I chair the um, lead t- uh, group leaders meetings. And um, then you are, um, I think there's 12 different boards that you have to attend as well. I'm only get my head around. Oh God, all that's these a boards. lot of meetings Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. So, and uh, I, I think the more um, important aspect is going out to meet community groups and seeing what they're doing and rewarding and acknowledging what they do. Mm. That's so, but, but say in terms of political power, Lord Mayor, I mean, you're chairing various bodies, but there wouldn't be a massive amount of, of power Lord Mayor No, no, you work, you work with the uh, Chief Executive of Dublin City Council. Um, there isn't, no, and that's where um, we need to change that with a directly elected mayor. So I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. So you'd be in favour of that? Yeah, yeah, I would, yeah. yeah. yeah even though I, it wasn't the way I got elected. Because yes. <laughs> I saw a comment from Bertie Ahern there and he was very dismissive of the idea and seemed to imply that, it wasn't implying, he was saying it explicitly, that it would actually bung, bung the system up. It would be another layer of complication. No, I, I don't agree with that. Um, like we have the Citizens Assembly. I mm. think they need to do their work. Um, let them find out all the details and back or, um, talk to the experts, get ideas from other um countries who have a directly elected mayor and I'm actually looking forward to seeing the report that they come yeah. back with to see um, what their findings are. And wh- but, but if you were called in front, I probably wouldn't be appropriate to call you in front of the Citizens Assembly on this, but if you were, what, what argument would you make to say it was a good idea to have a directly elected mayor? Well, you know, um, we as a council, we're very limited and very... Um, uh, tied to what we can do or can't do. Um, we're more, let's say, we, we can voice our disagreement with things, but we can't actually change those things. What kind of things? Um, well, a lot of the stuff, like we're planning, um, we're very limited at what we can do. Unless it's Dublin City Council lands, um, we don't have a say then. Mm. Um, but a lot of people think we do, but we don't actually... So we're like any other citizen in that um, we can put in an objection or uh, um, or, or say at even council level or local area level or just to on board Panola. But our voices heard the same as anybody else. So mm. we we don't really have any say. So uh, you would envisage an elected mayor as someone who would be able to overrule on board Panola? Well, no, you couldn't do that either. But that we would, <laughs> let's say... We, I, I think we need to bring back the step um, that it doesn't go directly to on board Panola. So, you know, we, we have a say. We sh- I mean, the council should have a say on um, how we design our city and how we plan our city. Mm. Um, 
And I I think that would help if we had a directly elected mayor. Yeah, but but that, but that doesn't sound like the mayor would be kind of some, some sort of uh, all powerful person who can make decisions about how you know the forward planning of the. It would still have to be done in conjunction with the yeah. council. Yeah, and, yeah, and yeah, yeah. All the po- yeah. politics and arguing that would uh, that would entail. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's it. But is that that means that like Dublin City Council, in terms of like how you'd like the city to look like in five years' time or ten years' time, there's precious little that they can do at the moment. Well, it's, it'll be through the development plan that we can have our say, and mm. that's what we're working on at the minute. Um, I think there's over 500 motions at the minute, and we have to go through all of them. And uh, it's been months and months of. Um, Meetings and motions and uh, analysis of um, what we wanted to be put into our development plan. Um, and I think that's where we have the vision. Where do the motions come from or who, who can submit a motion? Um, well, it's open to the public and it's open to the councillors as well at different stages. And when we say public, can it be, you know, my name's Joe Smith. I just happen to work for a massive oil company kind of thing. Yeah, well, they they will be analysed and looked at and gone through. And again, the councillors come back then and have a look at those um, motions as well. Mm. And we see where things um, are missed out on the development plan. We can add in then again. Yeah, so. but, but, but people's vision of what maybe Dublin should look like, I assume differs depending yeah. on their maybe ideological background or just their own experience. Yeah, well, that's where all the discussions happen. Yeah, um, you know, there it isn't just they're all put in and that's it. Mm. There is um, analysis of uh, the motions that are gone in. It has to um, uh, has to go through rigorous um, processes with the um, chief executive as well, and then it comes back to the council again, then to the councillors, and we have our say again. Then, crikey, yeah. It kind of sounds a bit like, though, you might start out with, I'd like the city to be like this, and you might get 5% of what you want. Yeah, but generally... everyone's taken into yeah. account. <laughs> generally, councillors um, will keep going until they get what they want in. <laughs> OK. Uh, but g- given that you're a, you're a Green Party politician, would, would politicians of all stripes at this point on, on Dublin City Council have a fairly green outlook in terms of the way the city should be? Um, you'd have to ask them, but um, I know, but you chatted to them. You must have yeah. some idea. You're their boss now uh, for the next yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, some of them have do have a similar outlook. Yeah, yeah. And I think because there's more greens now on the council as well, and um, we're bringing that voice. And I think people are starting to uh, listen to what we have to say as well. Mm-hmm. So I think it has changed um, Dublin City Council from that outlook, and I think also. Uh, Dublin City Council signed up um, for a climate action um, plan and um, they have to start um, doing what they're ticked up to. Do they? Because it so, happens so often in this country that, no, oh I, yeah, I, we're I, signed I, up to something, now we can go away and forget about it. No, I think they are. I think they are. And we're keeping them, um, let's say, um, uh, we're questioning if they aren't doing it. So that's yeah. their job as a councillor anyway to... Well, certainly a green councillor anyway, is yeah. to make sure that they are doing what they said they're signed up to do. Uh, people listening might think Ballymun, extremely urban area. Um, so how does somebody from Ballymun join the Green Party? Um, because the Green Party's policies matched what I um, see and feel and um, my values. And um, I always feel the Green Party is not the same as other political parties. I feel that we're there because of the issues rather than the career. 
and that's why I joined them. Mm. You, you, and, and, but you also quoted, you were saying that like, coming from Ballymun has an impact on your self-esteem there are that you know the perceptions of others at least yeah it's something you might have to you know you have to overcome at some point well when you're growing up um certainly when i was growing up in the 80s um the image of ballymon wasn't great mm. and you certainly didn't tell people you were from ballymon because you were put into a box straight away um and certainly you did not put it on your job applications because they would have been banned straight away mm. and um like I worked in the Ballymun Job Centre, which was set up for this kind of positive discrimination. So we specifically um, took um, people from Ballymun and worked with them and worked with companies to get them employment. So it cut out that kind of where you were um, striked off straight away if you had a Ballymun address. Yeah. So. Does that, I mean, I, I think people generally think, Bally, you know, things have improved in Ballymun, but gen- are there still parts of Dublin where that would be the case? You don't, obviously, I'm not asking you to name any of those places, <laughs> but that kind of discrimination still exists. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure there is. Yeah, there is. People, you know, um, have images of particular areas and they would automatically think you're a type of person because you're from a particular area, you know. Mm. Um, so growing up, that would have been kind of exhausting to have to explain and fight um, fight to be heard yeah. and to um, for people to see that you know you weren't a particular thing that they thought you were you know yeah so how do you overcome that or how as a politician would you want uh, that kind of attitude to be defeated um, I, I think positive um, actions I think instead of always the bad stories being highlighted that maybe the good stories would be highlighted, um, that we as politicians would highlight the good, good work that's going on in our area. Um, I think that's how you do it. Mm. But you were 11 when you moved out of Ballymun, you moved to Poppentry, is that right? But that's still in Ballymun. Oh, all right, yeah, okay. <laughs> but is that seen locally as being a big difference, as a huge move? Uh, well, it's just that instead of a flat, you were in yeah. a house. Yeah. <laughs> so you're posh then. <laughs> yeah, we were posh, yeah, 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 yeah. We had stairs inside our own house. Yeah. That was when a big you, deal. When you were growing up, was it, it, it like the way Dublin is now? Is it, do you kind of look at it given that you're so involved in its development and you think, I never imagined it would be like this or is it how you imagined it would be? Um, I I guess what I, I think is we, as a society, we've got um, very fast everything. Everything is fast consuming, fast working, fast. Like kids do so much after school. It just feels like um, we're on a, a roller coaster all the time. Mm. Um, and it's it's not, even though people would have said bad things about Ballymun, it was great. Like, because you had that freedom. Um, we had those open fields, we had those forests, we had those um, orchards near us and around us. Um, and um, you weren't, well, you were you, you didn't have as much money either, but that didn't matter because you weren't always timetabled into something either. You know, you had mm. time to think and breed. Um, those, those areas are largely gone now, would they be? Because an awful a lot, lot of, of apartments have been built. Yeah, in, there is Ballymun. a lot. There's still some. And I'm part of um, the Ballymun Biodiversity Focus Group. And we're just finishing our biodiversity plan. And that's mapping out what we have left. Um, there isn't an awful lot left, but what's there uh, needs to be protected. Yeah. Um, 
and that would be one of my key things is to make sure we protect those. I also, because there's there's such a, a pressure on housing, and therefore I don't know if if this affects on board plan or, or planners in general about you know giving permission to build things. But it just strikes me this is anecdotal that you remember when Tala was first like they built Tala massively, but they forgot to give a put a centre into it or anywhere for anyone to go. And there's parts of Dublin where it strikes me that's happening again. The mm. people you can get an apartment and it might be a nice apartment, but it's in the middle of nowhere and it's near nothing. Yeah, that's that's where planning and design comes into place. I, mm. As a Green, uh, we would be very strong on advocating for proper planning, for proper um, communities. It's not just putting houses in a spot. Um, yes, we're in a housing crisis, but it needs to be planned properly because you're only going to end up with all the issues that we ended up with all over Dublin when when that happened in the past. Yeah. Um, so we need to do it differently. Plus it makes people more car dependent. Yeah, instead exactly. of being in an apartment, which is the <laughs> last thing anyone needs. Congratulations again, Caroline. Right. Wish you the very best okay. uh, for, for the following year. That was uh, Caroline Conroy there, uh, the Green, Green Party councillor for uh, Dublin City and it's brand new, uh, Lord Mary. We're listening to the Moncrief Show on News Talk. We're going to take a break. After that, who really killed Jill Dando? Moncrief. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Weekdays at 2pm on News Talk.